morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
You may be seated and good morning and welcome to all. And a very special welcome to our guest today. Uh, it is the message that we share every single week. God has called us to, to thrive, to be blessed, and to live as his children uh, on this earth as we're um, going through lots of different things. Uh, if you're here today and you have questions about um, how we do things, there's a couple ways for you to find out. We are really pushing and encouraging and bribing, you name it. I had breakfast with one person, lunch with another person who signed up for the Church Center app. Maybe I'll even do it again. Just keep signing up, would you? This allows us to communicate with you and you communicate with us about the many things that are going on in the life of 1C, the sanctuary. And there are cards in front of you in some of those chairbacks. The QR code, if you want to know how to use that and how to sign up, stop at Next Steps, call us at the church office. This will just really walk you through so many different things. It just is a great tool. Um, again, if you're here today and you have some kind of questions like immediate, there's another card that's in a lot of the chairbacks that talk about communion. What do we believe and how do you take communion? It'll walk you through, if you have a prayer request that you would like in the service today, it'll tell you how to do that. Um, what else is there in those things? Um, just, again, a lot of information. So please take a look at that and get involved. Um, I'd like to walk you through some really quick announcements. We talked about T-shirts. Um, if you would like 1C, the sanctuary swag, you know, just deadlines tomorrow. So we make our one big order. So if you'd like a, a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, or whatever, just uh, kind of get that information and do it. Uh, trunk or treat is tomorrow night. We're, in, we're really encouraging a lot of people, come and be a part of this. This is a way for us to literally open our doors for our community and let people come in the building as well as outside and just meet them and love them as our neighbors. So if you could and would, please be a part of it in whatever way you are comfortable. Prayer, please pray for this event. Candy, we still can use some candy. And then also if you'd like to do a, uh, a trunk or come inside and do a booth, uh, Please, please, please be a part of that. Uh, right, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up quickly. As we turn the corner and get into November, please uh, think about ways in which you can help serve our community because upwards to about 700 people come in here for a meal on Thanksgiving. And there's so many opportunities for you to serve. One of those is just right outside these doors. There's a turkey with now fewer feathers than from the first service. So a lot of feathers went flying off, literally. Uh, but there's still more there, and there's lots of opportunity for you to serve. Um, and last thing, last thing. Why red? I wish we had the, the music. Dun, dun, dun. Anybody know why red? Why am I wearing red? What? Reformation. Okay. I know it happened 500 and some years ago. It was an event that changed the course of human history. God moved in the heart of somebody named Martin Luther and some other reformers to say, hey, there's some teachings that are a little bit wonky. And um, Martin Luther then stood his ground by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we remember that. And we, as quote, Lutheran Christians say, this is kind of our birthday. This is where we celebrate what God did and continues to do. So... Um, be talking more about that and kind of tie it into uh, The Chosen as we have our last episode that we're going to look at 
uh, today. So I think that's it for announcements. Let's continue to worship. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one, the one for whom you loved and gave your son, for humanity, increase my love, so help me to love the Lord. A love that erases all the lies and sees the truth. And know that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. Even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. and in between you formed us and you made us carefully cause in the end we're all your children so help me to love with open arms like you do love that erases all the lies and know that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. And even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. So let all my life tell who you are. And the wonders of your name. Such a good father. Let's sing that again. Oh, let all my life tell of who you are. Oh, with the wonder of your never ending love. Oh, let all my life tell of who you are. That you're wonderful. Such a good father, but you are wonderful and such a good father. So help me to love with open arms like you do. A love that erases all the lies and sees the truth, and all that we may look in. Would see you. Oh, even in just a smile, they would feel Father's love. So help me to love with open arms like you do. A love that erases all the lies and sees the truth. And other than they look. 
They would feel the father's love Or even just a smile They would feel the father's love Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up. Come on up, find a place on the floor. All right. So, as we, as we think today about following Jesus, we are sheep, aren't we? Jesus is our shepherd, we are sheep, and we want to follow him and do the things of Jesus. And this week in The Chosen, we see that the disciples follow Jesus. But you know what? Jesus leads them to Samaria. And Samaria was a place that the disciples did not want to go. They didn't like the place. They didn't like the people. They didn't want to go. But Jesus led them to Samaria. You could say he kind of took them out of their comfort zone because they didn't want to go. But you know what? They went, they followed Jesus, and they were getting hungry. So the disciples left Jesus and went to the town to get some food. And Jesus waited for them by a well. And while he was sitting there, a Samaritan woman came to the well. And Jesus told her that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world. And she believed, and her world was changed. And so just as the disciples were coming back with the food, the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman was heading back to the town to tell everyone she could about this Jesus that she, she met. And so she was so excited to tell them. And when the disciples got back with the food, Jesus said something kind of wild. He said, he said this, John chapter 4, verse 34. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Huh. So Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus got filled up. He was uh, spiritually fed by doing the work that the Father sent him to do. And as we follow Jesus and as we seek to do the things that Jesus does, we are filled up. We are fed spiritually as we do the things that Jesus does and as we follow him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, you know what? As we think about this, being, being sheep and Jesus being our shepherd and following him, I have a video I want to show you about a sheep. And we'll see how well he does at following the shepherd. All right, let's see what he does. What happened? What did that silly sheep do? Yeah, he went right back in the trench, didn't he? Yeah, the shepherd pulls him out and he takes off running, jumps head first, right back in the trench. <laughs> he said, This is my home? Yeah, that was his comfy place, wasn't it? That's where he wanted to be. <laughs> well, do you think? You know what, actually, that sheep acted kind of more like an ostrich than a sheep, didn't he? He just buried his head in the sand, right? He's like, leave me alone. I'm just going to bury my head. Forget about me, right? Well, do you think that sheep 
could see a shepherd very well from where he was at? No. Do you think he could follow a shepherd from where he was? No. Do you think he could eat the food and drink the water that the shepherd had for him? No. He had his head buried in the dirt, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you know what? We don't want to be like that silly sheep, do we? We want to follow Jesus and do the things of Jesus, even if he leads us out of our comfort zone, right, to maybe some area, not some area, but some area where maybe we feel uncomfortable, right, to people that don't yet know Jesus. And so Jesus wants us to follow him. And you know what? We are fed spiritually as we follow Jesus and as we do the things of Jesus and share his love with others. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for setting me free and calling me to follow you. Help me to stay close as you lead me out into the world. Amen. Well, boys and girls, before you head back to your seats, I have some cards for you to take with you that you can talk as a family at home this week as you follow Jesus, some questions to talk about and to continue to grow spiritually and be fed spiritually, all right? So make sure you grab one of these before you head back to your seat as we sing the next song. my old friend I've come to talk with you again because this fog of doubt is not lifting convinces me that you are not listening and the darkness that takes residence in my brain still remains within the sound of silence in my struggles I walked alone my loneliness became my own no words of comfort could restore my hope despair had brought me to the end of my road Then my eyes were stabbed By the flash of his loving light I split the night And touched the sound Of silence And in his perfect light I saw
As we continue now with Holy Communion, one of the things that we do beforehand is, is talk about a couple of very important things. Number one, we're going to talk about we're sinners. Number two, we need a Savior. Number three, what is in this meal? And number four, how do disciples live their life on this earth? So you're going to see some words. I call it a profession. Would you join me in saying these out loud in preparation for communion? I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, give God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And I just want to circle back to one of the things we said. Jesus is the one who takes care of sin. 2,000 years ago, his death on the cross, when he said, it is finished, payment for your sin and my sin was received, and forgiveness is now available. And in his resurrection on that third day, that victory that Jesus has is now given to people like you and me. So this meal, it is real, it is tangible, it is a proclamation of all that God has done for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with the distribution of communion during this next song, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements, believing it's not just bread and wine, but it's the body and blood of Jesus for your forgiveness. And with that same faith, if you desire to come forward for continuous communion, um, come and receive these gifts. And if you desire to have either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. Again, may this be a very sacred moment where God comes to us, he loves us, he blesses us, and he forgives us. Amen.
Shadows of the alleys. There was Jesus. 
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we lift your name on high this morning as we humble ourselves before you in prayer. A prayer for Alan and his kidney problems and also for my friend Sharon Bell. To be with Linda, my Aunt Linda, who is in heaven. For good results for Connie Galley's head scan this week. Strength for Coco as she continues her battle with cancer. Be with her through treatments as well as her friends and family. Please be with my friends, Sharon and Linda, as they are struggling through some big stuff right now. For my nephew, who went to treatment this week, Lord, please take his pain, his hurt, and anger away. Please guide him down your path and help him find his happiness again. For all the parents with distant children, that they find their way back to their parents and know how much that would mean to all of them. For my in-laws, that we may all be together this Thanksgiving as there is much conflict. It has been years since we have been together. Prayers for you to guide us all on the path to each other. And Father, we thank you for your continued blessings with the Taste and See ministry. Gracious God, when this world brings us trials and trouble, and it makes us feel like we're just struggling to survive, your grace, mercy, and love reminds us that in you we can thrive with peace and joy and forgiveness through your son Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. It's weeks like this that give preachers a little bit of anxiety because there's a couple themes that are put before us and you have to figure out what you're going to do, right? And so we have the ending of this eight-week series entitled The Chosen. This happens to be Reformation Sunday. And I had three different titles, so I finally came up with the title that I'd like to propose for us. And it's entitled... I can have that. There we go. The Chosen, the Reformation. Pretty ingenious, right? Just put them together, not rocket science. Uh, but as I was thinking about the storyline, it's all about the Reformation, whether it's the Chosen and week in and week out. When people would meet Jesus, their lives were changed and reformed. And I thought this is a no better way to end the series and just have that context of what happened even 500 and some years ago. So I'd like to uh, show you a, a symbol. Um, 
if I, there's the, the picture. This is known as Luther's seal. This, this was drawn by Luther several years after the official Reformation. And what was taking place in the church at the time, back in the 1500s, uh, there were some false teachings. And, you know, I hope you've come to know this. The only way we get to heaven is by Jesus and Jesus alone. Nothing we could do to earn or deserve it. But at the time, the church was teaching that it was what Christ did plus what you do will equal your salvation. And Luther, as a monk, he, he knew what Christ did because he'd read the history of it in the Bible. But when it came to how much he had to do, he could never find peace. He tried to do everything under the sun to come up with his part of the equation. And then one day, he bumped into the scriptures in the book of Romans. And the Holy Spirit opened up his eyes to see that it's all by grace. Grace through faith. And it's a gift. And it turned his world upside down to the fact that he was now going to stand, really stand against the church to say, hey folks, we need to make some changes here. And so he did. And you watch the Reformation, and you see all the different things that happened. And he came up with this image to really describe what this change was all about. If you want the long version of this, there was a letter that he wrote to somebody, and I posted it on my Facebook. Feel free to read it, because it'll walk through all the symbols and give you some of the Bible verses that were supporting the symbol. I just want to give you a um, 30,000-foot view of this. The Black Cross. We are saved from our dark, dismal sin because Jesus died on the cross for me. The red heart. We live because Jesus shed his red blood for me. White flower. We have peace because of the faith that has been given to us to be able to believe this good news. The blue background. We have hope that we will be with Jesus in heaven one day. And then the gold circle. Heaven provides us with an endless joy that will be forever and ever. So think about that. Look at this beautiful biblical teaching that happened um, for people like you and me today. Well, today we're going to look at another Reformation Another story in which God changes a life, a heart, and the world is turned upside down for somebody. And I want to share with you John, John chapter 4. If I can have that up there, please. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. All right, I want to go through a couple of those aspects in that verse. It, it says there, now he had to go through Samaria. Now, nobody makes Jesus do anything except for his heavenly Father. It's not like he was forced by other people, but he had to go through there in fact, let's put the map up there. Let me show you the, the context for this. So he's going to go from Jerusalem up to Nazareth and Galilee. Uh, the straight shot would be right through Samaria. 
But most Jews, not everyone, some were in a hurry and they would try to make it through Samaria, but they would go around. They would, they would cross the Jordan River twice just to avoid the Samaritans. Now, Samaritans were really half-blood Jews. And there was a little or a lot of animosity between both sides because some people left the Jewish faith and kind of married outside of the faith and started believing in some other things. And it was just a little bit of tension or a lot of tension. And so a lot of Jews would avoid it. And Samaritans weren't looked upon favorably if you were an Orthodox Jewish person. But we find that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now let's not go too far. Let's back up just one chapter and let's remember, remember the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Do you remember the, probably the most famous Bible verse of all times? I think it tells us why Jesus had to go through Samaria. Anybody know John 3.16? Anybody can start me out with the first word? For, for God, and then a little word that we sometimes think doesn't have a lot of significance, but it does. So loved, wait a minute, you mean the world? That means even Samaritans? That means even people who are different than you and me? Does that mean even people who are enemies, people that have hurt us, maybe abused us? Yeah. You see, the love of Christ, it just compels him to do the unthinkable. It compels him to do the things that we often probably wouldn't be so apt to do. There are times, and I'm admitting, there are times when it's like, I don't want to deal with that. I want to avoid that. But here we have Jesus loving the world. And he is going to step into this. Now, uh, Jacob's well, it's mentioned, just a little comment. Jacob's well was, it was water. It was great water. It was a deep well, the Bible tells us. And it served for generations to provide for the water that people needed and also for livestock. It was just, it's what was necessary. And Jesus chooses to go there to meet this woman because he's going to bring the idea and the concept that the things of this world, even water that is so good, pales in comparison to the water he provides. So it is a spiritual lesson built into the moment. And he's going to just take that moment and take it somewhere else. Um, and then the last comment, I just wanted, it says Jesus was tired. John, above all the disciples, captures the human part of Jesus probably better than the others in my view. Jesus is human like you and me. He understands thirst. He understands being tired. He can walk into our world and say, I know what you're going through. And I think that's what made it powerful when he interacted with this woman that was at this well. So we're going to walk through uh, several of these um, video clips, and I'm going to give you four observations, four, I think, theological observations for us to consider. Let's start off with the, the first one.
give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You a Jew. I've got a drink from me as a medicine. And a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat. So you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. Long story because it's been a long life for her. Just, we're going to find out in a bit, she's been married five times. I mean, she's been going from one thing to the next. Now, I really believe she is doing what a lot of humans do, and they do it well. Avoid, avoid, avoid. Think about where it all began, this avoidance tendency. Remember when Adam and Eve crossed the line? They sinned, they ate from the tree, and then they went right up to God and said, God, I did wrong. Is that what they did? No. They avoided the topic, and they avoided God, and they made some clothes, and then they went off and hid in the garden to avoid God. There is one story after another, just so you know. We could, I could just give a whole sermon on avoidance. It is a reality. And I'm going to say it happens in my life. It happens in your life. Many times we don't want to look into the mirror and see what is. But as we watch this journey for this woman, who has been looking for love at all the wrong places. They should make a song like that. Oh, there is. That's right. She's now going to meet somebody who is going to love her. This Samaritan woman scheduled her day to avoid the deepest pain. Uh, I see this I see it in my office, I'll just tell you. I see a lot of people, and it happens. I, I do it in my life. Maybe you've done it. I just want to encourage you, if you're in pain today in any way or fashion, don't avoid it, okay? And also, don't go to the wrong places. Because I think the Samaritan woman is a beautiful example, a s sad example of what happens when you go to the wrong place to deal with your pain. Going back to the Reformation story, they went to the wrong place. They were going back to the place that says, well, if you do these certain things, life's going to be good and you get to go to heaven. And that's not the way it works. Only by meeting Jesus, getting to know Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, and putting your faith in Jesus does life change. So let's continue in the video clips. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say, if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. 
except that you have nothing to throw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish. I mean, again, this is the chosen, but just that play, right? She has a long story, and he has a long story. Her long story will end up in despair. His long story means something different. In fact, this observation I have is that Jesus is persistent and he's loving. He is relentless. Ever since Adam and Eve, he has been pursuing humanity with his love and being willing to give it all up so people like the Samaritan woman and people like you and me can have hope, can have life, can have peace. I hope you know this Jesus. I hope you know that he is, he is at every turn, with every breath, with every situation. No matter how big, where you think it's like insurmountable and you never get through it, or how little, this Jesus is persistent with his love, and he's going to be there. He will never, ever give up on you. Some of you know my story. Up to about the age of 17, I honestly thought that God wouldn't want to pursue me because of who I was and what I stood for. And to get to hear the message that God loves even somebody like me changed my life, caused a reformation in my life. And so this persistent love, I want you to take pers uh, very personal. He, is, he wants to get into your life in a way that only he can do and in only a way that he can change. All right, let's go to the next. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me, I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married, but he wasn't a good man. He hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. 
because you know these things. Because you are the Christ. The observation, at least from this clip, is the Samaritan woman receives the love of Jesus. And I know it's only Hollywood, but do you, do you see that moment where she's like, she's standing there and she's hearing him and realizing who he is and she goes like this. I don't, have you had moments like that where you've been surprised by something? Remember at the beginning, I talked about the least likely, and it just, it just boggles my mind that Jesus decides to go to the least likely. He is now publicly declaring for the very first time in front of somebody who is the most least likely who he is and what he came to do. And she couldn't help but go like, she's taking it in. I was thinking about some of the theological uh, pictures that are involved in the gospel from John, but also what you see envisioned on the screen. Who came to whom? I really want you to soak this in, because this is part of the story of the Reformation. Remember, the Reformation was... Yeah, what Jesus did, but what you do going that direction and doing your stuff, that's going to mean eternal life. No. Here's the picture. Jesus goes out to this remote well in the middle of nowhere to meet a woman and to change her life for eternity. That is a theological picture I hope you grab hold of. Because that's what Jesus does for you and me. Wherever you are today spiritually, wherever you are today emotionally, wherever you are physically, whatever you're dealing with in your world, this same Jesus walks towards you and says, I am your Messiah. And, and even as he was going through the list of all the, quote, husbands, he knows everything that you and I do that is not so good. And he still pursues us. This is a theological point that I don't want you to miss. He loves you just the way you are. But he'll never leave you that way. And that's what we're seeing unfold in John chapter 4 and also as found in this chosen. So let's watch this last one. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. You promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> What oh dear? You forgot your um. Foxy, you man, you told me everything I ever did. <laughs> Rabbi, we got food. What would you like? Ah, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Who got you food? 
Wait a minute. You taught her? And she can tell others? What food? My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to accomplish his work. Y you told her who you are? So does that mean? It means we're going to stay here a couple of days. It's been a long time of sowing, but the fields are ripe for harvest. And so it's time. Let's go. Yes! <laughs> observation the Samaritan woman loved by Jesus goes full of joy now compare that if you would I mean you see the disciples walking off and I love the scene but right before they started walking off a lot of them were still not getting it it's about the food what about the water I mean they're still thinking earthly but do you get that phrase that Jesus said and I hope you get it and I hope you you understand it? It's about the what? The heart. This is what he wants to change. Because from here, some incredible things will take place because of this Jesus. So I hope you have taken it personally. Uh, John chapter 4, this is, I love the story. I'm glad we get this detail in the scripture. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. I mean, I think they captured that great. You know, she's heading off. The disciples were there. And she's just giddy. Yeah, he told me everything about... That's only good if she's being loved by him afterward, right? Hey, have you ever been on the receiving end of a judgment with fingers pointed? And yeah, that's not a good thing. She was loved. And so now she goes out with joy. She goes out with joy. Another scripture just three chapters later ties this in. It says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Emphasize that last part. I just want you to, to hold on to this as you look at this image that's up on the screen. Here's a picture of the disciples walking with Jesus. They don't even know really what's ahead of them, but they're starting to move. And I'm, I'm seeing that this scripture is starting to be understood. The living water, Jesus, is starting to flow within them and out of them. And here's where I want to ask you um, maybe a, a very personal question. Do you see yourself in this picture? 
I want you to really wrestle with it, because if you don't be honest, do you see yourself in this picture? One who has received this living water that has changed you, reformed you, turned things upside down. Do you see this? I hope you do. I hope you realize that you were chosen by God. Chosen to be reconciled. I know that's a big churchy word. But to be made right with God. So that you and me, we can go out into this world with a message that is unlike anything else. It changed the Samaritan's woman's life. It changed her town. And I'm going to say this with a sense of boldness. If more of us, and I'm including myself here, would realize more often that I am chosen and called, the devil will not have a chance. I believe that if you and I, when we go to bed at night, when we wake in the morning, when we navigate through our day, if we realize that we are chosen, which means loved by God, and called, we will look at our 24-7 differently. And I believe that the kingdom of God will advance, just like it did 2,000 years ago in a beautiful, powerful way. So may God's Holy Spirit do its thing. May the Holy Spirit disturb you, waken you, call you, so that you can go out with the living waters within you and share that water with people who are just thirsty. They're thirsty for something significant. Amen? 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 Amen. Okay, let's stand. That's good. Amen. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.
great Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.